the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, Happy New Year, and welcome to the first edition of Contending for the Faith in the Year 2020. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing, addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church. And we are live tonight, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part eight and our final part in the series entitled 11 Ways God Allows Suffering from a Biblical Perspective. We hope you have been tuning in since the beginning of this series and have enjoyed it. And tonight we're we're excited to bring you the final installment. So get your pens and paper ready, strap in. So when it comes to suffering, people respond in many different ways. Eastern religions teach the non-existence of evil and suffering in the world. And then there's the word faith teachers. And they teach that all suffering is the result of sin. There are even some people in churches who blame God. They blame themselves, and they blame everybody else for suffering. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will break down the true biblical view of suffering as we bring you the final installment. So buckle up, strap in, and get ready, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, Happy New Year. How are you doing? Happy New Year to you, Brother Gary, and to everybody out there in Radio Land. And uh, we want to thank you all for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And we trust that you're going to be blessed and encouraged and lifted up in the Lord tonight. And as Brother Gary has said, we are going to uh, finish up on this series, uh, 11 Ways on How God Allows Suffering in Our Lives. And and we want you to uh, get your pens and paper and take notes. And if you get touched tonight, praise the Lord. And if you get blessed tonight, praise the Lord. You get convicted tonight, praise the Lord. Just praise Him anyway. In the midst of the suffering, uh, just praise Him because there is a purpose and God is getting the glory and all of this stuff that we go through, whether we understand it or not. And so we're going to, by way of review, uh, we're going to review all of the points that uh, I've shared with you thus far, and then uh, I want to finish up talking about the 11th way that God allows suffering in our lives. So number one is God allows suffering in our lives to develop patience and perseverance. And oh, how we need that today because we're very impatient people and uh, we seem to give up and we uh, just get impatient. And God, through suffering, allows us and teach us to be very patient people. And secondly, God allows suffering in our lives to develop maturity. And there are so many people in the church today that's immature. They're babes, still on the bottle, still uh, wearing diapers, and uh, they are carnal. And what God does is he allows sufferings in our lives to bring maturity, not maturity in our lives, so that we'll get into the meat 
of the word rather than the milk of the word. Thirdly, God allows suffering in our lives to assure us of our sonship. Let us know that we are sons and daughters. And you know, uh, the book of Hebrews talks about the chastening of God, that he disciplines his children. And you know, you uh, want to be faithful to God and committed to God, because if you're not uh, as his sons and daughters, he'll take you to the woodshed. And that woodshed is not a pleasant place to be. But thank God when you go to the woodshed, he doesn't kill you. And uh, he just tries to discipline you so uh, as a father to his sons and daughters so that you will grow in that maturity. And then, uh, fourthly, God allows suffering in our lives to prove the genuine nature of our faith. You know, he wants to make sure that it's not a counterfeit faith, that it's a genuine faith. And so a lot of times we get controlled under suffering with feelings, uh, and we faint. And Jesus said, man, not always to pray and not to faint. Notice all of these Fs. So we need to be people of genuine faith and uh, committed to Jesus with that faith. And, you know, that's why Jesus prayed for Simon Peter. Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith faileth not. Oh, you need to keep the faith in the midst of the deepest, darkest hours of suffering. Even when you're in the hospital, on on the bed, lying on your back, you got to keep the faith. Trust God. And then, uh, fifthly, God allows suffering in our lives to develop in us humility. And, you know, we are very prideful people. You know what pride is? Pride is when you do it your way and not God's way. You're not humbling yourself to do his will. And, you know, you need to be committed to his will that gives birth to his ways, and his ways give birth to his works. And then his works give birth to another W, worship. Oh, how we need all those W's in our lives. But Paul, uh, was pride was seeping in his life, and God had to put that thorn there to keep him humble. But it was the greatest thing that God ever did, and Paul recognized that and said, His grace is sufficient for me and my weakness. Sixthly, God allows suffering in our lives to keep us on the right track. And a lot of times we get off the, the right track, on the wrong track, like the prodigal son, and then God has to uh, whip us and uh, discipline us to get us back on track, and that's why David cried out about that as well. And seventhly, God allows suffering in our lives in order to deepen our insight into the heart of God, and that's why he dealt with David, and it said that David had a heart after God, and God wants you to have that after him every day when you get up in the morning. Your heart is after God to get in his word, to get get the word into you, get into prayer. That's the way you speak with God is through prayer. And God speaks to you through the word of God. And God is into dialogue, not monologue. He wants to dialogue with you. And so he takes us through suffering so that we will have a heart after him. David had a heart after God, and King Saul didn't have a heart after God. And look at the trouble that he went through. So many people today go through so much today in life because God is trying to get that heart after him. Eighthly, God allows suffering in our lives to help others in their trials. Oh, that's so important, to help others in their trials. And then uh, 
God allows suffering in our lives nightly uh, to teach us to really love him. And that's what he did with Peter. He got him to the place after he denied him three times and asked him, do you love me? Three times. And tenthly, God allows suffering in our lives to teach us to know the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, we want to know about the resurrection, but not the uh, fellowship of his suffering. You've got to have a balance between the two. And then, eleventhly, and lastly, God allows suffering in our lives in order that we might experience God's glory, experience God's glory. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. God allows suffering in our lives in order that we might experience God's glory. There are two people in the Bible besides Jesus that the Bible never speaks negative of. That's a trivia question. You know who they, they were? That was number one, Joseph, and the other is Daniel. Joseph was the first person uh, who was taken from his family. He was the early Kunta Kente, <laughs> and then he was put in a pit, almost left for dead, and then brought to a foreign land in Egypt as a slave, lied on in prison, but God raised him up from the pit to the pinnacle. Why? Because in his suffering, in his tremendous suffering, God worked it all out for his glory. Don't you know that no matter what you're going through, God is trying to get the glory in that. You just got to understand that and let God open up your eyes to see that, that he's trying to get the glory through all the suffering that you're going through. And Joseph recognized that because he maintained, now notice how all of these sound alike, and you may want to write this down. This is a three-point sermon here. Joseph maintained his integrity. Notice the word integrity. In the midst of, number one, prosperity, he maintained his integrity in the midst of adversity, and he maintained his integrity in the midst of poverty. So must we as well. So through all of those three points, prosperity, adversity, and poverty, God was able to get the glory in this man's life. Now, we also learn after all that he went through, the last chapter in Genesis, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Write that down. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. At the final point of Joseph's life, he says to his brothers, when he got them all together with a family reunion, And he said to them, what you intended for evil, God intended it for good. What did he mean by that good? For his glory, divine sovereign purposes. That fits right into Romans 8 and 28. All things, God worketh all things together for good to them that love him, to them that are called according to his purpose. God uses suffering in our lives to get the glory and the praise, my friend. And no matter what type of suffering, out of all these sufferings I've been mentioning throughout these weeks and months, remember, God is finally trying to get the glory in all of these things. And so he'll take what the enemy is intending for evil and bring good out of it in your personal life, whatever struggles you're going through in your personal life, in your marriage, in your family life with your children, with your church life, with your work life, with your financial life, with your sick life, 
with family members around you, persecuting you, whatever you are going through, the Bible teaches that God will take what is intended for evil and bring good. And I'm going to say this in conclusion. The cross represents not only Christ forgiving you of your sins, and you need to confess your sins tonight, my friend. You need to turn to the Lord tonight. If you're hearing this message and it's speaking to you, you need to do three R's. You need to recognize your sinner. You need to repent that you are a sinner and turn from that sin. And then you need to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You see those three R's that you need to do? Recognize, repent, and receive. Those are the three things that we should share with people when we're witnessing. Make sure that we communicate to people the first R, that they recognize that they're sinners. And then they need to repent of that sin, and then they need to turn to Jesus Christ. Now, the cross represents not only Christ forgiving you of your sins, but the cross also represents the greatest evil that Satan and the Roman soldiers, the Jews, and demons, mankind could do to try try to stop the work of God. But what did God do? (laughs) He took all of the attempts of Satan. Are you listening to me tonight? He took all of the attempts of Satan, of the Roman soldiers, of the Jews, of all of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. When they named them Sadducees, they picked a good name because they were Sadducees. And he took all of the evil that they intended against Jesus and brought it in the resurrection for God's glory. But uh, see, so you need to remember that no matter what type of pain you go through, God takes the pain and bring it to gain. You know, no matter what great suffering in your life, the greatest suffering in your life, remember that you got uh, a high, great high priest, a mediator, who understands your pain because Jesus went through the greatest suffering. He went through the accumulative suffering of the entire world for you and for me, my friend. And what he did was he took all of the attacks, all of the suffering, and brought it for his glory. Jesus is not only to be seen, in his crucifixion, but his resurrection and his ascension and the fact that he's coming back one day to do away with evil for good. So everything that's going on in the world today, God is going to clean it up. And the things that was lost in the Garden of Eden, God is going to create a new Garden of Eden, according to the book of Revelation, and everything that Satan intended for evil in the Garden of Eden, working through a serpent, God is going to take it in the new Garden of Eden on earth and bring it for all of his glory. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding giving God the glory. Brother Gary. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith, our first episode in the new year of 2020. Wow, sounds like we should have flying cars and 
We should be <laughs> yeah, taking trips to Mars and all that kind of stuff. But no, <laughs> people don't like flying. <laughs> There's no money on Mars. And so that's why we're still here. And uh, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. Uh, this week marks our 11th year on the air in this second round. Now, we had been on the air um, <clears throat> nine years prior to that. We took some, some time off a few years. But all told, we've been on the air for 20 years. Wow. I was just out of high school when we started. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> You're bringing back some far way back memories. <laughs> And many of you remember those early days. We used to be on the air for two hours. I wish we were on for two hours now. We Sometimes we just don't have enough time to do what we need to do. But we're going to take advantage of the time that we do have. But we want to appreciate all of you who have hung in there from the very beginning and have listened over the past 20 years uh, to this ministry. And, you know, there's no way we could have been on the air as long as we've been on the air without your diligent prayers and your financial support. We also want to thank those who gave in uh, over the last week, David and Benjamin, William, Bunny and Bailey, Sandra, Richard, and Carol. We can't thank you enough for partnering with us here financially to keep uh, this program on the air. It, it costs us 400 a week, and uh, you know we've, we've been uh, able to do this with your help. And we need your continued help. And we're happy to say that as uh, this week we were caught up, but we want to stay caught up in the brand new year. We want to stay in the black, as they say. And uh, we want to keep this program on track every week. So we need your help. We need your continued prayers, and we need your continued financial support. Twenty years have gone by, and and if the Lord tarries, maybe we'll get another twenty out of us. <laughs> we'll come in in our walkers, but we'll be coming. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be like Joshua and Caleb. You know, when they entered the promised land. God gave them the same vigor like they were when they were forty years old. They were eighty years old, and they were still carrying their swords. So. That's going to be us, Dr. Buckner, Joshua and Caleb. Amen. Knocking them down. (laughs) But all kidding aside, there's two ways you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much simpler. Just go onto your computer, your laptop, your smartphone. Go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and away you will go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. You'll be a blessing in the brand new year of 2020. Dr. Buckner, you ready for the our first caller of the new year? Let's do that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Who is going to receive the honor of being the first caller of the new year? I think we got a new caller. His name is Cece. <laughs> <laughs> a, a new caller for the new year. That's Amen. right. <laughs> how you doing, Brother Cece? Um, how you guys doing? Uh, we are truly blessed and highly favored in the Lord. And Happy New Year to you. 
Uh, happy New Year to you too, man. I, I didn't know. I didn't know he was only thirty-seven years old. Man, you're young, man. <laughs> <laughs> only thirty-seven. Yes, you're still a baby. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, uh, not a baby, but you're still in your youth. Yeah, yeah. We we have to call him. Uh, um, What's the name of it? Uh, Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm aging backwards, yeah, right? <laughs> 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 I'm, uh, I'm losing years. <laughs> I'm meeting Amen. everybody in the middle. <laughs> Amen. Did you get blessed by the word tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's never, it's not been a time that I haven't listened to this message. I haven't gotten blessed. That's honestly, that's honestly from the heart. I say that, I mean, I say that with all integrity. There's never been a time that I have not listened to this message that God blessed. Every message I've gotten blessed. Amen. What what uh, stood out for you? What really spoke to your heart? What spoke to my heart is you said you talked about how we like we like try, try to avoid suffering. You know what I'm saying? And that's what he he wants us to do. And that's 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 what I try to do. I try to run away from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. But appreciate your encouraging words. And what, what's on your heart tonight? You have a question? Uh, Romans chapter 6. Okay, Romans chapter 6. Yeah. And what's uh, the verse? Uh, verse 4. Okay. And you have your uh, Bible there? Yeah, right in front of me. Okay, why don't you read it? Read it to us. Okay. It says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should be walk- we also should walk in the newness of life. Amen. That's a, a very powerful verse of Scripture there. And uh, you have to look at this verse of Scripture in the sense of unity, uh, because when we are brought into the body of Christ, when we have been baptized into the body of Christ by God's Spirit, you know, uh, then uh, through faith, uh, the baptism uh, symbolizes uh, his death and burial, but also it symbolizes when it talks about this word here, uh, like Christ raised up in uh, from the dead, it's basically talking about the newness of life that we have in him. And when we have this newness of life, uh, the glory is given to the Father, as the text uh, says. And so we also should walk in the newness of life. So it's not something that uh, we should just know from uh, our intellect and, and head knowledge, but it's something that we should get in our hearts and we should walk in that. You know, the Scriptures is challenging us throughout the Bible to walk in that newness of life. See, a lot of people are walking in the old life. They're walking in the carnality. They're walking in the world of darkness. And if you do a study of uh, Ephesians, you know, a lot of times we think about Ephesians chapter 6 in relationship to just warfare. But if you study uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 1 through chapter 6, uh, it's interesting how the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, he uses the word walk over and over and over, walk, and uh, and walking in the light and walking in, uh, you know, all the things that God has blessed us with. And uh, here the Apostle Paul is telling us that when we have experienced this 
uh, unity with Christ, and we have been baptized by His Spirit into the body of Christ, we need to understand the symbols of baptism because we are symbolically buried. When we go in the water, we are symbolically buried and we come up. But even before we go into the water, from a spiritual standpoint, because of the unity in Christ, we are, are have been died to self and we have been buried uh, in Christ and then we've come into the newness of life and we receive that new life by faith and unity in Christ, well, it doesn't stop there. We have to walk in that newness every day and not be hypocrites, but to walk in that newness and obey that newness because the Apostle Paul tells us in Corinthians, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. So hopefully that helps out. I just tried to break it down the best I could just to kind of give you some additional insight. That's, 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 that's more than what I expected. I appreciate it. Thank you. I got, I got a lot to work with now. So I'll get that verse. You're welcome. And uh, do you have any prayer requests before we let you go? Uh, yes. You can pray for my mother, Rosalinda, and you can pray for my father. He just had a... Um, a, a real serious surgery, and he said you know, he still had some problems with his with his heart. So I want to pray, you know, that he can have a full recovery, and just just um, pray for the rest of my family. And you guys can just pray pray for me, um, however you guys feel like praying. And um, then again, just lift up um, Carlton from the Fresh Prince that God can reach out to him, and Zach from Save for the Bill, Save by the Bill. Okay. We're going to try to pray for him that he's not just saved by the bell, but saved by uh, Jesus. Amen. You're talking about Alfonso yeah. Ribeira? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's him. And, All right. Uh, All right. I don't I don't remember what Zach's real name is. Um, gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Mm-hmm. The actor. Uh, All right. All right. Well, we're going, to, we're going to lift you up in prayer now. So, Lord, we just thank you for uh, Brother Cece, allowing him to see a brand new year. We pray for his father, especially, who has had the surgery. And we pray for a full recovery. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to be with Cece's family, his mother. We pray, Lord God, that you would continue to help him and, and in every area of his life. We pray for Alfonso Ribeiro and Mark Gosler and all these celebrities that we mentioned over the year, Lord God, that you would bring folks into their lives, Lord God, that would speak life to them, that would share you with them, and that give them an opportunity to receive you, Lord God. We just thank you and praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cece, for your call and your good question as well and your feedback. You're welcome. Thank you. All righty. Do we have – we need to go to a commercial? Oh, Sally. Okay, we have enough time. We got for... time for Sally. Sally, how you doing? I'll tell you, if you get out and walk, and especially if you walk in yoke with Jesus Christ every day of your life, and I mean literally walking, uh, you will live as long as we have. <laughs> oh, well, amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, I know most uh, uh, ladies don't like to tell their age. Is that you too? No, I don't have any pride. I'm a, I am gave my heart to Jesus and took away my pride. No, I'm 89. 
Well, praise God. 89? Yeah, 89. Wow. Yeah, God has been good to you. Bless you. But I, I, I talked to to Frederick, and I realized I got the the carriage before the horse, because what really got me to call tonight was these, um, these oh, the, the pink people that are out marching in 40, 40 cities across the United States. They talk about... Um, that we are going to start war, but they forget that that general caused an attack on our embassy, which is our country, and and so we're not we're not starting this thing. That general started it. Oh and yeah, and and not only that, but he has uh, uh, killed over six hundred uh, American people and soldiers and uh, civilians. Uh, he is uh, what I call uh, not really a general, but a wicked thug. And and uh, Trump did the right thing to uh, uh, obliterate him. That's what happened. They obliterated him with some uh, in a in a powerful way. And the thing that they found left, the why they knew it was him that they had killed. The only thing that was left was his hand and a, the ring that he wore. But uh, and they better be careful about threatening America because uh, Trump is somebody, uh, I appreciate his boldness. He's somebody that doesn't play around. I know that uh, little rocket man who uh, was the Korean leader uh, talking about, uh, you know, sending out all of these missiles and everything like that. And uh, Trump uh, warned him that uh, we can obliterate you guys at the drop of a hat, too. And what happened was he uh, started slowing down with a lot of the stuff that he was doing. So it's a situation here where we have to pray. And I know that uh, uh, the people that are threatening now America, they don't want to go there because uh, the next step that Trump will do is uh, uh, internally – uh, blow up uh, all of their uh, oil, and they depend upon that as a, the the economy for their system. And so uh, they better uh, check themselves before they wreck themselves. So he did the right thing. He didn't call forth the one to cause a war, but he knew that this man was not only attacking the embassy, but he's getting ready to kill a whole bunch of other uh, uh, men and women and American people, and the Trump has sent out uh, over 700 or so, even now 3,200 soldiers over there now. And so we just got to pray for that situation and uh, pray that uh, what the enemy intends for evil, God will bring good out of it, all of it. And let's pray for, for President Trump and all of those folks in the White House. Absolutely. And for them to, to, to find out some of this deep state stuff, because uh, for people that we haven't voted for to say how our country is going to go is really, really sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. We pray that the, the God will continue to give him wisdom, that he will lean on the Lord for everything. Well, let's pray for that prayer request, because we've got about two minutes for the commercial <clears throat> a minute now. But, Gary, let's pray for the president. Uh, I don't care how much you dislike him. You still The Bible tells us to pray for the leaders and we need to do that and be consistent with that. Okay, Brother Gary. Yes, Heavenly Father, we just lift up our leaders from the farmhouse to the White House, Lord God. We pray for 
Lord God, that you raise up men and women, Lord God, that would lead by following your lead, Lord God, that they, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord God, that you would use uh, these leaders, Lord God, to your glory. We pray that you would humble them and give them hearts after your own. We pray for our president, that you would give him wisdom and humility as well. We pray, Lord God, that you would surround him with good uh, advisors, with good uh, information. We pray, Lord God, that our country, Lord God, would wake up and realize that uh, we need to turn from our wicked ways, that you would hear from heaven and heal our land. We need you, Lord God, to step in and to do a new and mighty thing in this country. And that we pray especially, Lord God, that you would touch families across this country with uh, that we pray for the children as well, Lord God. And we ask, Lord God, that you would just move across this country and make it great again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Sally, for your call, and God bless you, and uh, keep us in your prayers. We'll do likewise for you. Hey, everybody that's gone out to dinner, Mm -hmm. if you'd send a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, that would sure help. Forty people that went out to dinner would sure help Contending for the Faith. Oh, yeah. Great word, great word. Thank you so much. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. So hang in there. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. Once again, our very first episode in this brand new year of 2020. Now, I know many of you have been making New Year's resolutions. Some of you are saying, I'm going to drop those pounds and I'm going to get in that size seven, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe you should make a resolution that you're going to be more responsible with your giving. Maybe you should make a resolution that, you know, you're going to take that that Starbucks cup of coffee and, and, and sacrificially use those funds to provide for ministries like Contending for the Faith. There's so many things that we can do. And God wants to challenge you. You know, you can't outgive God. That's one thing I have discovered. We recently in our church, you know, we encourage tithing, and uh, we, for ninety days, we we put a challenge out there that um, <clears throat> to test God for ninety days and and t- begin tithing, and see if God won't meet all of your needs. And we put out a little card, and it said, "If God doesn't, we will refund your tithe." And after 90 days, we didn't have to refund anything. <laughs> God is faithful. And so, you know, you can't outgive God. And you're, you're, you're sending your, tre- your treasure on into heaven, you know, where the, the thief can't get to it, the moth won't or the rust won't. It's going bef- ahead of you. And it's, you're being a blessing for time and eternity. And so we want to encourage you as this new year unfolds. Make a commitment not only to pray for contending for the faith, but to partner with us financially. As we mentioned earlier, it costs us 400 a month to do this program. <clears throat> and so we need your help always. That's just the reality. We've been on the air 20 years, and that's a testament to your faithfulness and God's faithfulness through you. And so we want to see that not only continue into 2020, but we want to see that you know, increase. We want to be able to say one day, hey, we can afford to be on the air two hours on a Saturday night instead of one. You never know what God would have us to do. So we want to encourage you. There's two ways you can donate. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's 
Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and hit the donate button. And you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Those dollars are not just disappearing into thin air. They're going right straight back into this ministry to touch lives, to help people, to give reasons and answers for faith. And that's a very important and powerful thing. And if it wasn't, God wouldn't have us on the air. It's that simple. Because there's uh, other things Dr. Buckner and I could be doing on a Saturday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Just ask our wives who have sacrificed for the last 20 years, you know, um, our Saturdays. You know, it's just it's not been easy. Um, but, you know, God is God is good. And we just want to encourage you, be that blessing through your prayers, be that blessing through your financial giving. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, and for those encouraging words. And I would agree with you on that, especially hitting home with our wives, you know. And But they get so blessed, too, when they see that people are giving and faithful. It makes our trip worth a while. And when we stand before God, uh, he's going to judge us on three T's, what we did with our time, talent, and treasures. And that's why Jesus said, lay up not for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where none of these things can break in. And so you need to always remember this saying, when God converts a man, he converts also his pocketbook. When he converts a woman, he converts her purse too. If those things haven't been converted in giving, uh, you have to really drop on your knees and cry out to God to Get things right, because there are two things he talked about more so than anything else, Jesus, throughout the Bible. And that's, number one, hell, and the other one was money, because he knew that those two things are going to send people straight to that place that they don't need to go. Mm-hmm. All righty, we're going to get to our next caller. All right, so we're going to uh, Brother Rick. He's been patiently waiting. How are you doing, Brother Rick? Happy New Year to all of you. And Happy New Year to, to you, you as well, my brother. And uh, how have you been doing? I've been hanging in there, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, this coming year. I'm looking forward to this coming year. Very good. Well, we're always praying for you. And what's on your heart tonight? you have a question? I got, I, got, I got an interesting question, because Hebrews has a lot of Scripture pertaining to the deity of Christ. Correct. Which scriptures do you consider the most significant? That's a very that's a very good question because uh, if you were to come up with a title for the entire book of Hebrews, you would have to say that the writer is talking about two major things, themes rather, or things as well. And number one is the supremacy of Christ, that he is supreme. It is talking about him being supreme uh, over the angels and Moses, uh, the priests, uh, Melchizedek, uh, the temple, the tabernacle. He goes on and on and on uh, and talk about the supremacy of Christ. And then he uses the Greek word kreton. K-R-E-I-T-T-O-N. And that's talking about the word better. The word better in the book of Hebrews is mentioned, and somebody may want to take 
make a note of this. Uh, it talks about the word better, and I need to do a study on this uh, on the radio. It talks about the Greek word kreton seven times in the book of Hebrews. Like, for instance, in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 4, being made so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So the word better is throughout the book of Hebrews. Just do a word study on that word better. And that's talking about the supremacy of Christ, that he is supreme because he's God. Now, there are many scriptures that talk about Jesus uh, as God. Like, for instance, there was a a uh, top-notch Jehovah's Witness leader. I'm going to bring two points out. <clears throat> there was a top-notch Jehovah's Witness leader in the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society for 30 years. And Walter Martin, the late Walter Martin, presented to him Hebrews 1 and 6 when it talks about when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he commanded all the angels of God to worship him. And then he linked that in sharing with this guy that was in the movement for 30 years, a top-notch leader in Watchtower Bible Tract Society in New York. He compared Matthew 4 and Luke 4, where Jesus commanded that the only one to be worshipped is God. And that man got convicted and went back to the Watchtower Bible Track Society and said, I need an answer. They couldn't answer it, and he came out of it, and he wrote a book, 30 Years Out of the Watchtower Bible Track Society. Now, the most important, profound scripture on the deity of Christ. Now, when we use the word deity, we're talking about him being God. I want everybody to, to make a note of this and pay close attention to the most Powerful scripture on the deity of Christ in the book of Hebrews is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. And you should share this with every cult and everybody that's involved with religions, false religions. Uh, Hebrews 1 and 8, and this is the Father speaking. But unto the Son, he says, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness and a scepter of thy kingdom. Here you have, notice it, God the Father calling God the Son, God. What is that telling you right there? God the Father is calling God the Son, God. You can't argue with the Father. I don't care if you want to argue or not. If you argue with the Father, you're going nowhere. you got to accept what the Father says, and the Father calls the Son, God. It stops, the buck stops right there, you know. And the other interesting thing, and then I'm done with this, is that this this scripture, Hebrews 1 and 8, is taken from Psalms 45 and 6. Make a note of that. This is a quotation from Psalms 45 and 6, where in Psalms 45 and 6, it's the same quotation regarding God, and the writer here takes that quotation from Psalms 45 and 6 and says, the God in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Jesus is the same God, equally. Amen. So you can improve upon that verse of Scripture. Hopefully that helps you out right there. Amen. Yeah, I mean, what has always hit me about Hebrews, uh, you know, being Jewish, mm-hmm. is, getting, is, 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 is about taking, letting go of the past and going, moving forward in our lives. Amen. That's so true. Well, thank you so much for your, your call. We're going to try to get to our... Uh, last caller, but thank you for your call and your question as well. All right. 
All right. We're going to go to Sophia, who's been waiting patiently. Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, no problem waiting because uh, let me turn the radio down because I love listening to you have the most fabulous opening, Dr. Buckter, for the new year. And I took a lot of notes of very and I love the word integrity because we need that in this country and in our lives. And I love Sally because she has a good message. She, her youth is renewed like the Eagles because she, I can't believe she's 89. She sounds Man. like she's 45. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, I was like, oh, no, I can't believe it. But anyway, uh, I tell you, I, I'll get to my question. But I, I, when my grandmother, who raised us, and she would go out and she'd take a little branch, you know, if we misbehaved. And we knew what was coming then. A switch? Oh, is that a switch? No, yeah. the brand. Is that what they call it? We yeah. call it a switch. And a, well, there you go. Yep. And so we knew she'd come <laughs> in. But you know what? My brother and I, we learned that it's because she loved us. Mm-hmm. And if she hadn't loved us so much, then she wouldn't have cared to discipline. And that's what God does. He has to discipline us mm-hmm. because he loves us. That's what you do mm-hmm. as a parent. That's what you do when you really love a child. You have to. And it taught us, and it does, it humbles you. And I remember that, but I, but I remember, of course, at the time, you're crying and it hurts. But then you say, you know what, she loves me, she cares about me, you know. Um, and so it, 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 it's, a, it's a wonderful picture of our wonderful Lord. And so, but anyway, what I wanted to ask you, we're talking about, it's interesting about the, Jeho- the uh, Jehovah Witnesses, because my question last week, I was talking about Acts 16, 16, I'll be really fast. And so, you know, I mentioned that uh, they had this slave girl, and she had a demon, and she's talking about God and praising Paul and Barnabas. But, but Paul got so disgusted, he said, no, come out, demon. And then they put him in jail. But then the jailer was even saved, because when they went to jail, there was a big earthquake, and, and because they were praying. So God turns everything around for good, and he does it. But my question to you is, if somebody is saying, like, I had a friend, I don't know if you've ever heard this guy, Benny Hill. But anyway... You mean Benny Hinn? Benny Hinn. That, right, that. Benny Hinn, right. <laughs> and so, oh, Benny Hill, uh, Benny Hinn. And so she, she said, oh, well, he talked about Jesus, he sounded good, but then she ended up giving him all her money, and it was terrible. But, so I guess my question to you is, Dr. Buckter and Gary, if, uh, if, Brother Gary, if uh, someone is talking about Jesus, is that good enough? Or does it matter where the, where their heart is when they're well, well, when somebody's talking about Jesus, you know, if you get the book by Walter Martin, my mentor, he has in his first chapters a scaling language, defining language. So mm-hmm. a lot of people may be talking about Jesus, but you got to ask them which Jesus are you talking about and define it. Because when you talk about the Jesus of the Joe Witnesses, it's Michael the Archangel, the first and greatest creation of Jehovah God. And you talk to the Mormons about their Jesus. It's one God among a pantheon of gods. You know what we're going to do? That we hear the music. When you call next uh, Saturday, we're going to get you on first, and we're going to pick up with this conversation and and carry on because this is a good question. <clears throat> but God bless you, and let's, let's, let's carry this on next time. All right. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year to you. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, our first one for the new year. And we want to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. And Brother Albert in the studio. Yay! <laughs> we want to, uh, if you're interested in receiving tonight's program, you can get any of our broadcasts. Uh, you can, 
You can go online to uh, get the podcast. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time. We once again give you the opportunity to ask questions and make comments and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.